In the last episode, I started telling you about my crazy week in civil court. I saved nearly 2,000 jobs and a couple years later find myself defending my honor and my wallet. The plaintiff claims that despite keeping the older employee, I was liable for age discrimination when I terminated him. I shared the basic witness preparation tips that I received from my attorneys. I also said I thought that was necessary, but not sufficient. Now let's talk about how to wield the damaging omission to supercharge your credibility and chances of winning. The concept behind the damaging omission is simple. None of us are perfect. Consequently, we tend not to trust anyone who appears to be. The magic of this technique is to simply report your own imperfections. My courtroom challenge was to show the jury that I was not perfect by revealing imperfections that had no bearing on the plaintiff's claim, or better still, refuted them outright. That's neat. Prior to my testimony, the trial was entirely about the plaintiff. Wow. The 41 years he worked for the company, yes. the great career he had working his way up from an hourly laborer to a supervisor. Yes. Yes. The folks he trained and helped over the years. Yes. I gotta say, all in, he sounded like a great guy and a good employee. My man. Then the trial turned its attention to his layoff, how the company recalled others, but not him, the difficulty he had finding a new job, deteriorating relationships with his wife and family, the physical and emotional challenges suffered at my hand when I wrongfully terminated him because of his age. The plaintiff quickly points out that since I never actually met him, I didn't personally terminate him, but as CEO, I was ultimately responsible. Not guilty, Your Honor. I gotta say, they did a great job telling the story. Yeah, too bad. And I was actually starting to feel bad for him too. Yes. That is until my counsel reminded me he was asking my family to stroke his family a seven-figure check. Ain't nobody got time for that. Now it's time to disabuse the jury of this notion that I am the all-knowing ruler of all I survey. Right. I have got to help them mentally rip up this million-dollar check plaintiff's counsel helped them visualize. I decide to do that by limiting the CEO's power and demonstrating a reasonable lack of knowledge about this particular employee. When plaintiff's counsel asked me as CEO, am I ultimately responsible for the plaintiff's termination? It wasn't me. I simply answer no. It wasn't me. Bewildered, the attorney asked, isn't the CEO responsible for everything that goes on in an organization? I, Sam Solomon, CEO, am not the owner of the company. It wasn't me. The shareholders are the owners, and I work for their appointed representatives, the board of directors. It wasn't me. While I have wide latitude in ordinary operating circumstances, idling factories, laying off employees, furloughing salary workers, is anything but ordinary operating circumstances. Like I said, it wasn't me. Consequently, Every detail of these actions were ultimately reviewed and approved by the board of directors, not Sam Solomon. Right. Defeated, the plaintiff takes a different approach. Let's try something else. Mr. Solomon, do you believe that long-tenured employees struggle when they lose their jobs? Of course they do. Well, yes. So you believe the plaintiff struggles? That's a dumb of question. Of course. Then why wouldn't you do everything possible to make sure that he did not lose his job? I was busy. I understand the struggle when long-term employees lose their job. 
that's why I was working around the clock with customers, suppliers, bankers, lawyers, and investors to secure the financing and debt relief required to save 2,000 employees from losing their job. The greater good. Secondly, I did not know the plaintiff personally, nor did I make the decision as to which one of the supervisors in his area would be retained. It wasn't about him. I tried not to look cocky, but I smiled internally, as I think I've limited my personal power and accountability in the jury's mind and successfully demonstrated a reasonable lack of knowledge about this particular employee, given all the other juggling required by a product context. <laughs> what else you got? Plaintiff's counsel shifts to a new set of questions that allow me to deploy my second credibility enhancer, decision. Tune in to the next podcast in this series to see how I deal with that. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear your questions or comments at samasolomon.info.